0: It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play,
1: JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there.
2: It's time for the JT the Brick Show.
1: We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick.
0: Out of the gate, JT with you. Monday and full reaction after the Raiders dropped an ugly game yesterday to the Chicago Bears at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders lose by a score of 20-9 to to drop their record to two losses in a row. Three and two record overall as they play at Denver this upcoming Sunday. Welcome to the show brought to you by PT's Taverns. The best happy hour in town, P.T.'s fuels the monologue. They have you all set up from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Great day to go down, 50% off drinks during Monday night football. Baseball's on right now. Lunchtime, great bar menu, gaming, everything you want. A perfect time to be there if you're a sports fan in the month of October, where every time you walk through a door of a P.T.'s, there's sports on, people talking sports, And a great place to sit down and have some beverages and enjoy some great food. All right. Did the post game last night, as you know, after the game. And I think we're off to a pretty good start on what the problem is with the Raiders. There's several problems with them right now. And it's all hitting at this time here as we are in the month of October, early in the month of October. And fortunately, the Raiders won three games right out of the gate. Two of them at home in overtime and a great road victory in Pittsburgh, who's turning out to be a little bit better than the media gave the Raiders credit for when they beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's winning, and that 3-0 and start really benefited this team because they're playing their worst football right now, and it really doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon unless something you see happens really quickly here before they play another division road game. They've already lost a division road game in L.A. against the Chargers, chargers now are considered one of the best teams in the entire league let alone the afc west and the raiders now are in a battle to just get a win a really disappointing game yesterday on every front everything that could go wrong went wrong everything they didn't play well any position group really didn't do well they weren't able to score points against a very good defense They went up against an offense, and I think this is the most disappointing thing for me. They went up against Justin Fields and the Bears' offense that had no intention to do anything all day long other than to run it up the middle and complete possibly a few short passes. That was it. They had no agenda coming in. They weren't going to be aggressive. They weren't going to go trick plays. They weren't going to do anything wild. They just wanted to, my philosophy, they just wanted to, stay in the game. That's the way they played because they didn't want to give Justin Fields much of the playbook because he's so new that they didn't want to give the Raiders an opportunity to pin, you know, go off on him and for Fields to turn the ball over because he's so young in this league. So they were very conservative. The Raiders couldn't stop him when they needed to and the Raiders couldn't get anything going on offense. That offense was as bad as any Raider game day offense I've ever seen in my career with the Raiders. I don't care if Donald, Donald Hollis was the quarterback, Matt McGloin, go to any backup over the years, Jason Campbell, any team that you don't like in Raider history. That performance by the offensive line and the offense in general was one of the worst I've ever seen. And that's really disappointing because that's the strength of the team, right? The strength of the team is the offense. They got... Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro. They got good players, but they can't do anything with those players if they can't improve their offensive line. Now we know that. We didn't know that week one or week two. Then the offensive line injuries started to mount. Now the offensive line is decimated with injuries and poor play. And now we know what we have. We didn't know we had that after the Pittsburgh game. You know, everybody's pretty optimistic after beating Baltimore in overtime and beating Pittsburgh and slowing down that Pittsburgh defense. Every single sports talk radio show, NFL said the Raiders are back. The defense is legit. The defense got a pass rush. The defense can do all this. And they were right early in the season. But it hid the deficiencies of the offensive line. And then the injuries started happening. Denzel Good gone for the year. uh, Richie Incognito, never available Never available, and then you know the rest of the the players who are supposed to be playing at a certain level are not. They're just not. From Colt Miller, I believe, to Alex Leatherwood, to what we're seeing with Andre James, everyone on this offensive line is playing average at best or below average. Now, how's that going to work out? You can't run the ball with Josh Jacobs. You can't protect Derek Carr. So, how are you going to run this explosive offense? That we were all led to believe existed after the first three games, three and zero. Now the Raider fans and all of us know that this is going to be a really difficult task ahead of them, and they're going to need to come together as a team. They're going to have to get healthy. That's something I harp on a lot here, as you know on the show. You know and this next man up philosophy sounds cool. It's great in movies, football movies, and in life. Next man up, man. He went down. Next man up. Well, in general. It, doesn't work that well and it's not working well now with this team the next man up on this team is a borderline nfl starter the depth of this team on the back end of this team are guys just guys who might make it or not make it on other teams or are you know a little bit better than practice squad players so when you start using those players to start or play valuable minutes you're not going to line up and match up well with other teams that are healthy And at full strength. So the Bears had injuries. Everybody's had injuries. Baltimore came in really injured that first game of the year. Miami was injured. They had a backup quarterback. Everybody's got these same problems. It seems to me like there are more and more injuries every week in the NFL, and the Raiders sure are involved in that conversation. So, what I do here on Mondays now going forward is I keep it clean. I don't book guests. We might have one or two. Mark Anderson comes every other Monday, he's up next Monday. And I just take phone calls because I think that's what we should do. We should give the fans on the flagship station a right to rant, talk about the team, uplift the team, which is what a lot of fan bases do. Here I know there's a lot of fans who are really upset and angry about what's happening with the organization and the team, and they're going to want to talk today. So I'll get out of the way, give you all of my opinions throughout the show, and get you in here to see how you can correct this. And keep it going. As I told you, when the team was three and zero, they weren't going undefeated. I didn't think the team. I thought the team would get off to a three and two start. Told that to Eric Allen. If you said to me, J.T., what's the record after five games? I'd say probably three and two. But it's not a very good three and two now. It was a great three and zero. It's no longer the same team that was three and zero. Three and two is still very encouraging, considering that the team is playing so poorly and they're above five hundred. But we got to find a way to turn this around. Everybody's got to have an opinion on how to turn this around. And I'd like to hear your opinion today because I've been giving out my opinion. That's what I get paid to do. No one's ever once called me and said I didn't have enough opinions. I have them. I'll give them to you the whole show. But I'd like to hear your opinions on what needs to be fixed. What is aggravating you? What do you think could be fixed before the Denver game? And what, what do you think needs to, be, to happen with this team quickly? This is a quick show today. Because we're going to do this for a day. This is another burn the tape. So this is another show that we're going to go balls out on Monday. Balls out. And then we're burning the tape. And we're going right into Denver. I got a Denver guest every day. I'm going to do my job, preview Denver. We're going to talk Raiders with legends, Hall of Famers, and just getting the rhythm of the show and what we do here. Hey, tonight, Monday Night Football, I'm at Doghouse. I'll be there from about 4 to almost 6 o'clock. For the start of the game, the first quarter, then i got to do my other show, but it's the best venue I've seen in Vegas open up in a long time. So come on by Doghouse. It's right there in Resorts World, right when you come off the elevators at self-parking or the back valet. They have their sports book, an unbelievable room with incredible televisions. And then after the game, they have dueling pianos, and they have concerts and bands playing. It's fantastic. And we're giving away a lot of cool stuff, not just – Raider gear from our station, but Doghouse has given me great prizes to give away. So I think you'll have a lot of fun if you come down there and go check us out, and we'll have some fun there. Uh, Let me address it because I'm going to do it in each hour, first hour, second hour. We have two different audiences, a lunchtime hour, an evening drive hour that streams the show back east. In regards to the John Gruden emails, that's a big story. I interviewed him last Thursday. There was no breaking news on that. So that was the last time I saw him was that interview. I got called in by the Raiders Friday to host the Silver and Black show as Aaron Coscarelli was out. I did that with Lincoln Kennedy. And right when we broke set, that's when the story broke. And now I talked about it all weekend. We covered it on the pregame show with Vinnie Vonsignor. I talked about it on the pregame and the postgame. For those who didn't hear it, I'll say this again, and we'll talk about it throughout the show if you'd like to. Very disappointing comments by Coach Gruden about DeMora Smith and what happened 10 years ago when he was with ESPN. Not a proud moment for him, something he regrets, something that he apologized for. There isn't even a sense in my mind that John Gruden said anything racial. That's my opinion. It does not have to be yours. I know John Gruden very well. I consider him a friend. He would do anything for me. I would do anything for him. I would not apologize for that, period. That's the way I treat my friends. That's the way they treat me. Still, it was very disappointing. I don't condone what he said. It was a bad, bad mistake that he apologized for. Again, I don't believe it's racial. I don't believe it would have been an issue. Ten years ago, it would have been looked at badly as a member of ESPN. He would have survived that. And it was ten years ago before he was with the Raider organization for the second time. But that doesn't make it good. It was a bad remark, it was a low moment for Coach Gruden. He's aware of it. He's apologized sincerely. And I guess he'll continue to apologize. And if he wants to talk about it more, he has this show to talk about it, radio and TV. He could talk about it with Bob Costas, Brian Gumbel, anybody wants to talk about it with. But I know John Gruden. I've known him for a very long time. And I think that he did something that is embarrassing to his reputation. It was a tremendous mistake. He apologized for it. I hope he gets the opportunity to move on with this and atone for that and show more and more people what he's like. He doesn't have a negative racial bone in his body. Mike Tirico said that last night, one of his best friends. Tony Dungy covered the story and said we need to move on, but there are other people, Randy Moss and other members of the media, who are really upset about it and more and more, and that's fair too. Everybody has the right to have an opinion on this. You know, when this story came about, I was really disappointed. Because I would never expect John Gruden to say something like that. But then again, he was talking to a friend on an email. You learn the lesson. It's a teaching moment with your kids. Whatever you text, whatever you email, could come back to you. It could come back in 10 minutes. It could come back in 10 years. And I think Coach Gruden understands that. He's a leader of men. He's been great his entire life when it comes to race relations. Everybody will tell you that. There's not a track record with him, a history of him making mistakes like this. And he's owned it, and he's going to have to handle this on his own. I know him to be a great husband, a great father, a great person, a great friend. I'm disappointed in this like he would be disappointed in me if I did this 10 years ago and he found out about it. But I bet you John Gruden would come to my defense because we're friends. That's it. That's about all I have to say on this. It's very disappointing, and I think that Coach Gruden gets it. It hurts him. He doesn't want to be a distraction. He wants to win football games, and it's a shame this happened. I apologize all the time. I am a flawed human being. I make a lot of mistakes. And when I do, I hope my friends and the people who love me and care about me, who know me, they're cool with my apology, and we can move on. And when it comes to the woke movement or issues in race, I grew up and I still have brilliant, great parents, and I had great grandparents, and they brought me up the right way just like Coach Gruden's parents and grandparents brought him up the right way to say the right things. And from time to time, you make mistakes, and some are much worse than others. And this was a big mistake for Coach Gruden because of the size of his presence, his job, and the influence he has on other people. And I know that he'll work his ass off to rectify this and try to make sure that he gains everybody's respect back. But anything else you want to add on that, I'll talk about it again next hour. And we'll continue to talk about it as it's in the news. I don't know if there are any more emails. I don't know what Mark Davis, I haven't talked to Mark Davis since this happened. And I don't know what's happening inside the building as that's a private matter with the executives there. And I don't know what Roger Goodell and his team executives are doing today on this topic either. We will cover it with full transparency. You know, people every once in a while get mixed up. I work for the team on the flagship station. I don't pour gasoline on fires and stir the pot when it comes to my job here, but I cover everything transparently up front, and I always open up the phones, and I have the opportunity to hear from you. That's all I can do in this matter here, and I hope this matter and Coach Gruden and the Raiders and the league and everybody can move forward. It's a learning experience, and I think Coach Gruden has learned from it already, and we'll wait to hear his next couple of comments on this. All right, I got the highlights here. We can go through the highlights of this, and they're mostly Bears highlights, so I'll mix them into the show. But my biggest takeaway going forward, other than the offensive line, is now Derek Carr. And I have Derek Carr's back, too. And I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. But Derek Carr now is running for his life. He's running for his life on every play. He has no confidence, no matter what he tells you, He doesn't have the confidence that he would have with an an incredible Pro Bowl offensive line where he knew he could be more Derek Carr and have a little bit more time in the pocket and make plays. So Derek isn't there right now. We can see it with his play. You can see how the pocket is collapsing and what he's doing while the pocket's collapsing. What he's doing is he's checking down again and he's just hitting the ground because he can't get hurt. There's no Marcus Mariota backing him up. He's got to try to stay in the game. He's got to learn and try to play another play. But what's happening now is Derek is the only guy. And, and they'll tell you the whole team, everybody, Max Crosby, friend of the show, everybody in the secondary, all the coaches will tell you the same thing. This is a team effort. They win together, they lose together. Absolutely. But now this becomes a Derek Carr issue where Derek Carr now must become Superman. Plenty of other quarterbacks in the league have. And Derek has done it in the past, in 2016, and he's done it in other times where he's been able to carry this team. He's been able to lead them. I've never questioned his leadership in the locker room, on the field. He has that covered. But now Derek Carr must elevate this team to the next level, period. Derek Carr must elevate this team and take it to a higher level on him. I trust he can do it. I think he's going to have to do it with unique play calling, more plays outside the pocket on the run, quicker releases, smarter pass plays, uh, more aggressive pass plays when necessary. But Derek Carr is the way out of this. Before the game, Chris Angel put on a straitjacket, Houdini's jacket, and went up and broke the record 100 feet above the field and came down. And he took off the straight jacket while he was in the air and I'll make the comparison, analogy radio to Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to have to be the Houdini now. Derek Carr is going to have to fix this. Derek Carr wants a contract long-term, which I believe he deserves, and Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. Derek Carr must fix this. He must get in front of the media. He must get in front of this team and say, before this thing caves, before this thing starts going sideways, I got it. On the franchise quarterback, the other quarterbacks in this league, not all of them, just a handful of them, do this. And he has to do this. And I believe he can. But it's going to have to really evolve quickly here. And it's going, it's going to have to happen with what he has. The cards have been dealt in front of him, and Derek Carr is going to have to, have to find a way to get the deal at the bust or live another hand and get a push. Because Derek Carr is the team. He's the franchise quarterback, and the team is going in the completely wrong direction now. He has to uplift them and play at that level, and I think he can. But he can't do it if Khalil Mack's rearing down on him, sacking him, and shoving him to the ground, or Joey Bosa's doing it, or he has no time to make a play. And that's where we're at right now. So that's just a little bit of the monologue. You can jump in the rest of the way, 702-365-9200. I hope the Raiders turn this around. they got a big division game. They have an opportunity to go 4-2. and two. And then there's a whole bunch of, I charted these quarterbacks last night and who the Raiders play going forward. Just blew a golden opportunity to beat Justin Fields. Daniel Jones is hurt with the Giants. Joe Burrow's hurt, went to the hospital with Cincinnati. He's a young Joe Burrow. Uh, they'll be playing Jalen Hurts, a young player in this league. Teddy Bridgewater if he's healthy. Come on, everybody. I mean, we're not looking at Murderer's Row coming up here. The Cowboys game on Thanksgiving with Dak and the way they're playing does not look good. But maybe the Raiders are playing better by Thanksgiving, and it does. Two games with Kansas City, another game with the Chargers. But the rest of the way here, there was a whole bunch of winnable games right in front of them. whole bunch of winnable games, and they just blew what I thought was one of the most winnable ones. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. That was a blown opportunity, an opportunity that they're not going to get back. And it should be regrettable because they deserve to win, and they should be winning at home. And I thought they were the better team coming into the game. They just weren't ready to play. They started slow again. They don't look right. They got too many injuries, and something needs to change. Let's open up the show and begin. Big Dog in Vegas on 920. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for calling.
1: Hey, right on JT. Yeah, so what I think about this situation is that, you know, O-line is in shambles and we got to call it how it is, all right? O-line is in shambles. Why did you get rid of Rodney Hudson? You want Rodney to get wanted Rodney
0: wanted Rodney wanted out. Rodney wanted, wanted out. That's confirmed. Right. No, let me stop again. I've been taking calls on this. Rodney wanted out of the Raider organization. That's a fact. You could have talked about saving that relationship, what to do to keep him, all that. That's fair. And continue the call, but Rodney wanted out. Let's make that clear. Okay,
1: he wanted out. Why didn't you go out and get somebody better than Andre James? I'm seeing Andre James tackling Leatherwood during the game. That man thinks all you have to do is snap the ball, and that's all you have to do. Let's call it what it is, JT. Andre James sucks, okay? There's no way around that. Everybody was talking about Derek Carr needed a, a defense to get to get over the hump to get to the playoffs. He has a defense, and now what? The offense is pooping the bed. Let's call it what it is. John Gruden, terrible game planning. Terrible. He hasn't been able to have his team ready to go for the past few games, and yesterday it was just. It makes me sick to my stomach. We spend all this money on this team. We root for this team. I'm 30-something years old and have not seen a winning season but one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Gruden has to have this team ready to go. Last year it was the defense. Now it's the offense. You can't score no points. It doesn't matter who we play. It doesn't matter what quarterbacks we play in the next few weeks. We can't score any points now. So who's that on? That's on Gruden, and that's on Derek. His racist remarks, his emails, that was – Irresponsible. But why are you gonna then say that? Oh, I also talked about Roger Goodell in the emails. Cool, Gruden. Now you have a target on your back. Mark Davis, I hope you're listening to this. john Gruden, Derek Carr, this little this little compatible friendship that they have. Raider fans are sick of it. It's year eight for Derek Carr. How many more excuses are we going to make, J.T.? Us as fans, we pay money. We're emotionally attached to this team. We deserve better. We got bamboozled. The Raiders were 3-0, and talking about Derek Carr is going to be an MVP. Man, he's the same Derek Carr he's always been. Happy feet. Now the excuse is the O-line? Well, Blaine Gruden, get them both out of here. Right on, brother.
0: Yeah, I don't agree with getting either one of them out of here, but uh, your phone call on them not being ready to play, that uh, they're not available, they're not ready to play early, is a fair point. I mean, everybody knows that. We're talking about it all the time, how they just can't get out of the gate quickly here. Um, I don't think Andre James sucks. He's brand new at this position. The Raiders evaluated him and thought he was good enough to start. And he had a really good camp and practice, and everybody was raving about him. Everybody was talking highly about him. And the Raiders got off to a 3-0 and start we saw on tape and film. You know, they were winning games. He hasn't been playing great, but now the offensive line has been exposed Andre James was supposed to play with veterans on both sides of him. I think Richie Magneto being there for him in the huddle, being next to him at the line of scrimmage would help. Richie's never available. So that's hurting Andre James. And it's not on Richie. Richie's injured. I respect the hell out of him. He's trying to get back. He's trying to get back and play here. He wants to lead this team. He knows this team needs him more than ever. Team needed Marcus Mariotti yesterday. Yesterday would have been the only time I would have benched Derek. I wouldn't have benched him in the way, hey, man, you, you're not playing. Get get out. You're benched. We're done with you. I would have brought Mariota in. That was the game. That was the game to bring Mariota in when the Raiders couldn't get anything going and they needed a mobile quarterback to extend plays, and he's not available. He ran one play this year for 30 yards, got injured, couldn't get up. Is that John Gruden's fault? It's not, it's not Derek Carr's fault. Guys get injured. This team has been suffering from injuries and COVID last year. And it's really hurting them in big games. But the offense has to figure this out. They got a lot of guys who are getting paid big money. Big money to figure this out from coaches to players. And I just think they're going to have to completely not change and not tweak. Somewhere in between tweaking and changing the offense. And just because the fans are completely triggered on the fact that, you know, when they run the ball on third and fourth down, they can't pick up a yard to throw it every time. I understand that. I think that this team's got great young possession receivers led by Hunter Renfro that can get you two yards on a pass play with a rollout and him dragging across three or four yards going low on the ground and catching a ball and moving the chains. Then starting Josh Jacobs seven yards deep, seven yards deep on third and one, which really becomes third and eight, and the whole world knows he's going to get a handoff up the middle and he gets stopped. I mean, I think that's something that's being discussed at this point in time. So these are all changes that could be made for a 3-2 and two team. A 3-2 and two team, uh, not a 1-4 team. Or a 2-3 and three team that would have been possible if they lost these overtime games. And they could have lost those overtime games. They didn't. You know, they showed a lot of resiliency winning those games. And those players are still there in that locker room. Ron and Henderson, you're up next on 920. Hello, Ron.
1: Hey, what's up, JTA? Exactly what you said. You know, we're 3-2 and two right now. It sucks that we lost. But, uh, you know, we could have lost those games, too, and we didn't. Uh-huh. We're here at 3-2. and two. We deserve exactly where our record's at, you know. The, the offensive line has been bending, but now it's finally broken, you know, I feel like. Derek Carr is not having enough time to let these routes develop, and it's causing pressure. It's causing havoc. If you watch football, if you watch this team for as long as I have, you know he needs time. And, unfortunately, he doesn't have that time. And it's just frustrating because we all know he can do. We've seen it. He doesn't have enough time to read his routes while Khalil mm-hmm. Mack and Robert Quinn are a yard in front of his face when he gets through his first read. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. And, you know, we all pay a lot of good money to watch this. Mm-hmm. I was there yesterday, and I was, it was the most expensive lunch I paid for, JT. It was frustrating. But you know what? Yep. I thought we could have won that game to the very end. We were a couple possessions away, but the offense is not – they're not making their paycheck. The defense held in as long as they could. We, it was what a one-possession game going to the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was still close. So Raiders- It was Nathan only it was only, close, friend, exactly. it was only close,
0: my friend, because it was only close because Chicago's offense is is pretty bad. It, that, that it's I pretty bad. That. That's the only if that was if that was another game. team other than Chicago. If that was Green Bay, if, if that was that, Green Bay, or if that was Kansas them. City, it would have been it would have been a massacre, yeah. considering so that, who it Brady was. The fact that that offense was just so conservative and just trying to kill the clock in the second half and run the ball, it made the Raiders look like they were in the game. I, I never thought they were in the game. I never I was hoping they'd come back. I never thought they were in the game anytime time in the second half. I thought they got dominated because they couldn't stop Mac and the rest of that defensive line. They didn't stand a chance. That offensive line, though, like I said, JT, we've seen it. The past four first four weeks, mm. it was, you
1: know, holding – together with glue and paper clips. But now it is what it is. You know, we don't have our offensive line. And in this league, you need to protect your quarterback or either rush the quarterback. And we're doing good at rushing the quarterback mm-hmm. right now, but we cannot save Derek Carter to save his life. That's all I got. Yeah. To. You beat the Broncos.
0: Thanks, Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate you calling in. You know, I think they could do things with Derek outside the pocket that they're going to force Derek to do. What they're going to do, Derek, if he's not comfortable with it, I think Derek's comfortable. Let me stop that. I think Derek's comfortable with anything. You give Derek any part of the playbook, he'll be fine with it. You tell him to roll left, throw across his body, throw right. There's things he can do better. But now what you have to do, especially with Denver and Vic Fangio's defense, which is really the basis of the barrier defense we just saw, is you're going to have to have design plays where Derek's on the move and getting the ball out. And then other plays where hopefully he has time to step up in the pocket and throw deep. I think Eric Allen pointed it out to me yesterday as we were talking about the game while the game was in progress and then wrapping it up before the game ended. I don't know why there's so much bleep and confusion with the plays. John Gruden, I still believe, is a master play caller. He has every play out there. Now, at times, we don't think he's calling the right play, but a ton of work and research went into that. You know that. Every triggered, mad Raider fan today knows that that John Gruden works until 11 at night and he's back in the building at four in the morning. He's working his ass off, drawing up plays in every situation. They gotta be executed. You need everything to work right for the plays. But what's been bothersome to me this year is that Derek breaks the huddle and comes to the line and sees something he doesn't like. And then there's a whole bunch of time talking down the right side of the line, changing the play to the left side of the line, turning around to his backs and telling him what he's doing next, and then they run the play. And sometimes it works. Other times it doesn't. What I'd like to see is the huddle to break with a call to Darren Waller almost every time. He's the play. And you got him in motion, you got him wide, you got him inside, wherever you got him, and you run the play to Waller. Okay, You don't change the play. You don't try to mix it up. You see the coverage and you go, yeah, that coverage is interesting. There's a safety coming his way. We're going to go to Darren. We're going to let him make the move. We're going to let Derek and his chemistry find a way for him to come back to the ball or go, and Derek's going to get on the ball. How is Waller not getting more targets? How is that possible that Darren Waller is not getting double-digit targets every game? Why isn't there at least one or two balls thrown in the first quarter, not the first half, Deep go routes to Henry Ruggs. Open up the game. Open up. Let them think you're going to throw deep all day. Maybe it'll open up the offense a bit. I think it's not happening because they know they don't have enough time up front with the offensive line. And until that gets fixed or until these guys get healthier or play better or they go sign someone else who can come in and help in an emergency, it's going to be tough. But, again, I want to wrap up the monologue by saying the same thing. The issues with this team and the problems – are not Der- They're not on Derek Carr. But you damn better believe that Derek Carr's got to fix them. You better believe that Derek Carr's got to be the guy. If this thing's going to get better and they're going to win 9, 10 games, go to the playoffs, it's got to be a moment where Derek Carr steps up and goes, I'm taking my game to the next level. Y'all are coming with me. I got this. That's the only thing I see. I don't see Josh Jacobs doing it. I don't see the defensive backfield doing it. I damn don't see a linebacker doing it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust and hope that Derek Carr can do it. And there's going to be a lot more games coming up where Derek Carr outperforms the opposing quarterback. Not every game, but most of the games the rest of the way. And maybe that will turn the Raiders' season back on track where the season has been for the first month of the season until the Charger game. The monologue brought to you by Modelo, proud sponsor of the Raiders. Modelo is a Chris Pilsner style lager, sets the standards for authentic Mexican beer. All I saw yesterday was Modelo signing. They activated some new fan zones outside of Legion Stadium, inside wherever I walk. And we do the post game in the Modelo Cantina Bar right after the game. Coming up more of your phone calls on what the Raiders need to do and what I've been waiting to talk about all night and all day is coming up next. Who the hell are you fans selling your tickets to the Bears fans? That was no joke. That was a problem. I'll tell you what I saw inside and outside the building when we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.
1: Williams is the running back, he is behind Fields. Fields is going to roll to the right.
0: Chuck it back of the end zone, grabbed. Touchdown Chicago, Cole. Brent Musburger on the call, called Justin Fields in Chicago. On that play you heard a lot of Bears fans who were there and I was ready for this. I've lived in Vegas since 1996. Uh, pretty much most of that time, I was commuting up to Oakland, lived in the Bay Area for two years, LA 10, and I've seen the Raider Nation on the road travel as good as any other fan base. Really, they're, they're a top five team Raider fans in traveling on the road. So Raider fans put other teams in this predicament all the time. We're fans in Denver or Kansas City. I mean, San Diego was a joke. Everybody would say, why are there so many Raider fans here? Well, Raider fans buy the opposing team's tickets and they travel well. We knew that would happen in Vegas. Vegas is a different market. Never was going to compare it to Oakland when it came to fandom and diehard intensity. You know that. I never never think Vegas is close, and I live here. Vegas is entertainment. Vegas is much bigger. It's star-studded. The team knows it, and they play to that. And there's a lot of people that come in, and they help the economy here, and they're going to buy tickets. They're going to spend times in our restaurants with helping our economy, going in and out of that airport and dropping big money in Vegas. And for those of us that live in Vegas, that's a big deal because we're all on the same team here, and the economy drives this city more so than other cities because this economy is very much based on tourism and the fact that the Strip and people work on the Strip as executives or they support the Strip with their businesses. So I knew this was going to happen. I just didn't think there'd be that many Bears fans there. I don't know what the final number was, but it was too much. And, you know, ticket brokers are going to sell tickets to anybody. But the Raider fans who are consciously, consciously selling their tickets to non-Raider fans, that's despicable. Do whatever you want to do with your little business, your little side business that you have, which won't make a dime. It won't. In the long run, yeah, you'll make 200 bucks on this game. You won on that. Your bar tab will be 400 bucks. You think you're going to make money. I've been doing this longer than most. You're not going to make any money. So the question is, is how are you going to write it off? You're going to write it off with your family and friends. You're going to write it off as entertainment with your business. But when you consciously, consciously go out of your way to consciously sell your tickets to the opposition, I think most Raider fans would tell you what I'm about to say to your face. Spend about five more minutes and sell those tickets to a Raider fan and put them in the seat so we don't have to deal with that. We're going to deal with it with Philadelphia. I got my brother-in-law and sister-in-law coming out for the game. My wife's sister's coming out. They're Eagles fans. We got them set up. We're going to be in our seats. We got seats for them well in advance. We want people to come visit. We want to blow people away with the stadium. We want to walk people around the stadium, take them into the lounges, look at the torch where I do the pregame show. People are proud of that. I want everybody to see that, even the opposing fans. But it gets to a point where yesterday was a bit out of hand. There were a lot of Bears fans, a ton of Bears fans there, good fans, Sharp fans, well behaved. You know, you're not seeing punches thrown. I never see them. Maybe you did. I didn't see any. Any? And everybody having a good time. It's a different experience. Some guy told me on the post game I don't go to the game to see Chris Angel, Ludacris, and Neil Sean. Well, too bad. And don't come to the game because you're going to see a halftime artist that's going to blow you away, a pregame presentation, a great performer for the anthem. The Raiders live in Vegas now and they're going to put on a show. And. Everybody likes to be entertained. And there are people who don't get it the way you got it in Oakland and L.A., and we understand that, and it's going to take some time. But in my, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've toned it down. If those who have known me 20 years knows I probably would have went on an insane rant 20 years ago on this topic, I just, I'm not even going to bother anymore. It's Vegas. People come to Vegas all the time, and they don't call me before they come. They book their flight six months in advance, and they come here to have a great time there were a lot of Chicago Bears fans in that stadium yesterday, and that's only because Raider fans participated in the sales dump to the Bears fans. I wish people would just think it through a little bit more, but it's your money, not mine. You're going to do what you want to do with it. Nick in Long Island. How are you, Nick? Go ahead. Not good, JT. Not good at
3: all. Miserable. Lost a home game where we allowed 100 yards passing in 2021. You lost at home to a team that had 100 yards passing. And let me tell you, anybody who calls this station complaining about blowing up the O-line, are you not paying attention? When you say that, you're essentially saying you want to bring back the same exact team from 2020. That means not Yannick and Dockway, not K.J. Wright, not Casey Hayward. Just stop with the O-line from last year. It wasn't happening. It couldn't happen. And another thing, we can go back to 2018, fourth and one, I-formation, Marshawn Lynch, Keith Smith, Alec Engle, Josh Jacobs, it never works. It's always a turnover on death, and this coach wants to keep doing it. He wants to keep running the ball. Five games in, we can't run the ball. Try it again next year. Use your $60 million in cap space next year and sign some offensive linemen. But for the rest of the year, you're a throwing team. Embrace it. You're the second most passing yards in the league. I don't understand this obsession with running the ball. It almost cost you the stealer game. Last year, it almost cost you the jet and the Charger game that you won. But he keeps doing it. I don't understand. You want to bring Alec Ingold on the field, Boston Moreau. Why? Get your playmakers on the field. Renfro, Edwards, Ruggs, Waller, Jacobs, Drake. Enough with running the ball. It's not happening.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to that. Thanks for the call, Nick. I really believe that they have to evolve on short yardage because they don't have a running quarterback. It's not a Mahomes here. It's not Justin Herbert here who can dive forward and do this. Derek's strength is not running the football on third or fourth and short. It's not. I, think, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but it's nowhere near on the side of the ledger where it's a strength. And I just don't think telegraphing a run up the middle is going to work because now all these defensive coordinators know it's coming because the fans know it's coming. So do some things with motion, get some of these routes, rub routes coming in, and try to move it that way. But a deflected ball, a bad thrown pass, a drop is a turnover on downs. See, Raider fans lose their mind more and more on a turnover on downs on a run than a pass. Turnover on downs happen with a pass. When you have fourth and short or third and short, you don't want to have to throw it 60 yards, 40 yards, 25 yards. It's too much risk. But there shouldn't be. The risk should be lowered on a three- or four-yard pass, and you would only throw it if the player was wide open and you knew you could get the ball out and it wouldn't be tipped or deflected. I think the Raiders are probably working on that. But it is very frustrating. It's very frustrating on those short yardage plays when they get stopped at the line of scrimmage. We've covered that for the last couple of weeks. I have no pushback on that at all. It's their job to fix that, and I'm surprised it's taken this long, to be quite honest with you. gangster Raider on the Raiders' flagship. Go ahead. You're up next. Cole and Phoenix, you're up next. Cole, how are you? Thanks for waiting.
2: AJT, sorry, it's actually Colts, but who cares? Um, always a pleasure, win or lose. Um, I can't match the anger of that last guy, but I do have quite a few thoughts. Let me get to them. Mm-hmm. So 3-0 and was awesome, but, you know, I had a couple concerns at the time. We can't protect Carr and we can't run the ball, and unfortunately that's really come home to roost the last uh, couple oh. games. But I think back to the first Gruden tenure, you know, when he built us into a title contender, And we could consistently run the ball. I mean, if you didn't stop the run, we would just run all day. And then we would throw short passes to Rice, Tim Brown, Gannon would scramble around, you know. But it was a balanced offense. We're just a one-dimensional offense right now, unfortunately. And, again, I don't like to drop a lot of names, but I kind of think Gruden's loyalty can hurt him at times. I thought he gave Gunther way too much time. Bradley's doing a heck of a job. And now I think he might have a little bit too much trust in Cable because Cable, you know, was pounding the table. Leatherwood can start from day one at right tackle. Didn't work out. You know he was pounding the table that Brandon Parker's ready to step in. He was the worst graded tackle in the NFL yesterday. So there's not – this isn't working the way it's supposed to be working. Um, It's hard to fix an offensive line during the season, unfortunately. I'm not giving up on the guys, though. It's just, it's a bad spot to be in. I don't understand why we don't get the ball in rugs' hands like Tyreek Hill. I know he's not Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. but he's a hell of a player. Get him some short passes. He could go the distance, he can get wow. some chunk yards. It seems like we're just throwing middle or deep to him. We're never throwing short to him. We need to do more of that. We have the 17th ranked scoring defense right now. If anyone in Raider Nation was offered that, we would have signed up for that with the schedule we've had so far. RD is hanging in there. RD is doing their job. But the 19th-ranked scoring offense now through five games, nine points yesterday, Mack's awesome. But the Bears' D is not even dominant, and we made them look dominant. And last point, is I feel like at times Gruden and Carr are looking for the perfect play. You know, Carr's wanting to change it, and Gruden's wanting to do this and communicate that. We need to go back to what Al Davis said. We need to take what we want in the passing game. Yeah, we can't run the ball well right now, but we have Darren Waller. You could give him more jump balls. You can take more chances. We need to try to take what we want because there's no way that doesn't net us more than nine nine points yesterday. Yep. Anyway, appreciate the time, JT. Always Thank you. a great show. Take care.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate that. You know, take what you want. It That's difficult. There's another team. There's a defense there. I thought the Bears' defense is better than you thought. Their pass rush is really exceptional. The foundation of that pass rush is really strong, and one of the things that you were wrong on, but you were kind of going down the right direction. Let me make this perfectly clear, perfectly clear, because I know this to be a fact. Henry Ruggs III was drafted to absolutely beat Tyreek Hill. That's the reason he was drafted over CeeDee Lamb, and Jerry Judy was to be Tyreek Hill. The Raiders, had a, had, they needed a player like that in a chess game with Andy Reid. They needed a player like that. They got Henry Ruggs III to be Tyreek Hill. Not to be Henry Ruggs III, but to be Tyreek Hill. So you made a good point. Get him the ball short, get him the ball more. There's only one football, one football going around. I would like to get the football to Waller a little bit more. I don't know of anybody who disagrees with me on that. That Waller has to be involved. And if, for whatever reason, the coverage is slowing him down, fix it. Put him in motion, line him up differently, roll towards him as the quarterback, do something with your protection that will give Waller the opportunity to run plays in and out routes. He had a drop yesterday. That's going to happen from time to time. But going to Waller will help this team get out of this slump. Gangster Raider, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hello, J.T.? Yes, you're up. Go ahead. No, this is, this is passionate, Raider. I, passionate I apologize call. for what's happening on the phones, everybody. I'm in it's my home studio. Good. Go ahead, hey, please.
1: It's all, it's all good. Hey, man, dude from New Jersey two, two calls ago, bro. That was going to be me, but, man, you, you, you did it for me, man. All I, can, all I can get back on this, JT, is we can keep on blaming and you can keep on saying when someone hangs this or it's that and then he says this and then you say that. You know what? At the end of the day it falls down on John Gruden's lap. This is all John Gruden's making. This is all John Gruden's doing. This is all him and Mike Mayock's players that they are picking, who is not playing up to par. It all falls back on John Gruden because there is no rhyme or reason. Four years in a system, four years with the same offensive coordinator, four years with the same quarterback, and you are now, what is it, 12 games into into this season – since last year, you haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter. There is no excuse for that. And number two, if you remember me last week when I called and I told you, players first come out with the Raiders and they always have game. They always have the best games. Look, we had a no name running back running all over this defense yesterday. No name running back. This dude ain't played all year. We The quarterback, just a, the dude, dude, dude is. This all falls back on John Gruden. You traded these offensive linemen. You said it yourself. They want it out. They want it out. Why are all these off-front office people wanting out? What is everybody wanting out for? Now, there's something ain't right with John Gruden and his old playbook because it, 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 you can't keep running the same plays with these players and thinking it's going to work like the dude from New Jersey. It just, that's how mad it makes you get as a lifelong Raider fan, and you're watching this stuff go down, man. Uh-huh. This ain't just, oh, well, it's this or it's that. No. At the end of the day, it's all shuffled. Four years into the John Gruden stage two, part two, we are no better now than we were frickin' four years ago.
0: When you yeah, I in. disagree on the scene, the scene, that. I, I, I completely, out, I, I was doing this show two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I was doing this show, and your call wasn't coming in that we're worse off than four years ago. It was 3-0, and 0, and everything was great, and it was no, no, unicorns no, 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 and beautiful no, no. waves and sunsets, you know, and now the sky is falling. Give me a not break.
1: Not for me. Not for me it hasn't been. Not okay. for me it hasn't. I called the, I said from week one, two, and three, that offensive line, the Raiders should have lost week one, two, and three. They played together though as a team. They stuck together. These past two weeks, that ain't the same Raider team that came out on Monday Night Football. You I would agree. Say that, that no, is not I, the I would same. No, not the Raider team that come out. So there's I, I, something and it all falls back on John Gruden. It has to. He is the one and only owner of that team. And Mark Davis? Dude, you you can't sit there and look like you looked during the game because you're the head of this ship, dude. You're the head of this ship, and this ship is freaking sinking fast, man. And you got too much money, too many freaking lives, or too much is invested in this team to give keep giving us hope. This just ain't a Sunday day thing with football, man. Us
0: Raider fans, bro, we've been bleeding and crying. Listen on the radio. Come on, dude. Clean it up at the end. This is a this is a young team finding its way, they're going to have ups and downs. It sucks. But I expected us to have great wins and ugly losses. But I also believe, and still do, that the Raiders will be there at the end of the season if they get healthier. They got to improve on every level. Feed Waller. Feed Waller. He's unstoppable. Use the pass to set up the run, and this old line will find its way under table. I believe that. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me. There are a lot of changes with this team on the field every week. And I'm right in the building to see it, and I tell you about it on the radio. This was a devastating week. I told you at the beginning of the week, me, I don't know anybody else, that this was a really dangerous week. Chargers into the Bears, and it was worst-case scenario, 0-2. That's a dangerous week. Would you agree?